Arash, are you there, brother? Yes, I'm here. Perfect. So I'll go ahead and, uh, and get it started for us. Welcome, everybody. This is Episode 4 of the Money, Power, and Influence podcast featuring BC, your host, Brian Casella. I also have the uh, world-class Arash D. Bazaar, of course, with the titles. We can never do them justice, but we do with what we can. How are you, my friend? Oh, man. Um, I'm better. I'm better than I've ever been in my life. I think that I've uh, opened a brand new territory, or you could say like a new dimension of understanding, and it's a daily new levels of understanding that arrive. It would be kind of like if we had been living on one country for a while, and we explore the country for years, and we know it pretty well, and there's always, always new secrets to find under the ground, in the sky. And then you discover a brand new land, and I'm in that brand new land. So in every uh, couple of steps that I take, I'm discovering something new about myself and about life and about communication and understanding uh, the deeper aspects of life that I've been so thirsty for my entire life. So this is where I'm at these days. It's one of my favorite places to be because it feels like a continuous expansion and the growth. And what about you, brother? What's going on? Awesome, man. Yeah, similar. You know, it's just constant growth and expansion and new enlightenment and, you know, really pushing the limit as far as where we think we can take everything, whether that's income, business, understanding, communication, and everything. And I'm so glad. Um, I, I think what we're going to talk about today is really going to tie into what you were saying because uh, I wanted to focus today a little bit on money. And I know that's like a foreign territory for most people listening here or just the population in general because there's so much misunderstanding, uh, misinformation when it comes to money, and, and people just flat out avoid it overall. Because I know there was times in my life where I didn't have money. I was very, very broke. Um, I, you know, I was angry almost. I couldn't figure it out. And I noticed that money was a topic that I was kind of avoided, and we create these excuses for ourselves and this false perception. We're like, ah, you know, we don't need money. And all the stories we were told when we were younger – you know, oh, money's the root of all evil, and rich people are assholes, and all that crap that we hear all over the place. I used to almost buy into it, and I suffered for it. And it wasn't until, I want to say, probably about three three or four years ago that I really just decided to educate myself on money and start becoming a businessman. And, you know, three or four years later, my income has exploded, and I'm on a completely different level. But um, what I wanted to do first was kind of get your background and and your thoughts about money, kind of where you started, where you're at now, just so some of the audience can get a better feel for kind of where you're at. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, well, I, I grew up, I was in Iran, and what I was told was my father was quite rich over there. He'd been working his whole life, and he was working in an oil company. And I grew up as a boy who had everything until four years old. And then we left the country, and I became a refugee, and everything changed, and I had nothing. And on my 10th birthday or ninth or 10th birthday, I think it was, uh, I remember what I got for my birthday was an eraser as my birthday gift. And the eraser was a, um, like, GoBots. It was like Transformers, but GoBots. It was another cartoon that I really liked. And I really wanted one of their toys. And uh, they bought me an eraser that was in the shape of GoBots. I bet you it was no more than a dollar, maybe two. I doubt that. And uh, <clears throat> And I had no friends at my birthday party because, I was told not to invite everybody because we were actually hiding out in an attic in Nebraska. That's where we're living. And so I got to experience that, and then we came to California, and my dad, who had been um, an accountant for many, many years, 
uh, was uh, driving around in a station wagon selling uh, women's clothing and little toys and trinkets. And what he would do is he would drive from San Jose to Salinas, which is about an hour and a half to two hours away to Modesto. He'd get up in the morning and go, and he would just hit up from store to store, fill the back of the car, and um, try to sell anything to make money. My mother was doing babysitting in the house, and I remember how much she charged, and this is going to blow everybody away. She charged a dollar fifty an hour to babysit kids. And uh, there was like four or five kids around the house, and that's how much she was charging. So I saw what it's like to not have money. And then I uh, watched my dad sell water filter and then make toys and sell. I mean, every fucking thing this man would do, but he was working the whole time. And then I got a job, and I started working, and, uh, you know, started doing quite well as a youngster because I just worked a lot. I didn't do anything else. I went to school, then I worked. And uh, then I moved, and I went to Los Angeles, and I was broke again. Came back, started my own business at 20 years old. I'm 40 now, as of a couple of days ago. And I was broke for another eight and a half years. <laughs> so my, my money's gone up and down. And then I started to make money, and now I'm wealthy by the standards of society. I think if we did my income, I did it. It's, it's, I, I would be considered one of the wealthy people right now. And, uh, well, that what's that's been the up and down of it. And where is it at now? Now it's very interesting. Now it's money is flowing to me very rapidly, very rapidly. And I'm looking and seeing that I had a prediction a while back. I said, I remember I told my girlfriend at the time, I said, one day we're going to have so much money, we're actually not going to know what to do with it. I said, and you too. I told her, I said, you, you're going to come to me and say, what do I do with all this money? And uh, I'm seeing that situation start to occur. However, this is very fascinating. I'm noticing that money keeps flowing because I'm truly, really, like really from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of my goddamn fucking little heart, I am wanting to help people more and more. And I think people spend money when they realize that it helps them. Um, Not everybody not everybody, but at the bottom, the core value, even if somebody buys a pair of shoes, the, uh, in their mind, when you look, this pair of shoes that they get helps them with their confidence or get the girl or be looked upon as higher status. And so when my true intention becomes um, to really help, and, and I know I can help in a certain way that's, that's unique to me, then it seems like the flows of money have opened up, like the dam's broken, and when I look down the future, you know, in about a year or two, it seems like I'm going to be reaching a certain level of status that will allow me even, see, see here's, here's, here's the fascinating part. It will allow me to help even more. So, like, my money is investing in a way now that allows me the freedom to help more people. And I'm real fucking excited about that, honestly, because it feels like I'm finally, like, doing something worthwhile on the planet. You know, I'm turn, I turned 40 and... I would hate to fucking turn 45 and 50 and think to myself, like, well, you know, what have I really done to help people? And so money now has become a means to open up more and more opportunities for me to spread uh, a certain level of teachings and knowledge to more people. And that just excites me talking about it. And I, I have no doubt that the flows are open even more. And that's, my, that's been my relationship with it so far. And I'm curious about you. What about you? That's awesome, man. And uh, one statement came to my mind as you were, especially as you were finishing your piece uh, about serving and helping. Uh, and you can 
comment later when I'm done with my piece. Uh, I wrote it down, actually, while you were talking, and I said, money is a state of mind. And I know for a fact, especially with what Arash was saying, that, you know, uh, and I hear that from all the people around the world who are really making money, it's, you know, I'm helping people. I hear that unanimously, the word help and, and, and providing service, and that's really what it's about. And for me, especially recently because of YouTube and, and social media, you know, I attract a lot of younger salespeople, especially ones in real estate, and and that's really what I'm doing. I've noticed to the degree that I'm casting a wider net and helping more and more and more people. Money just continuously is flowing to me. And I remember, I think it was Earl Nightingale. I used to listen to his audio books back when I was first starting in real estate. He said, you will be paid in direct proportion to the service that you render. And if we break it down from a business standpoint, that's so true. The more customers you serve and the more people you service, the more money you're going to make. And that's directly tied. And as I was listening to you more and more and, and thinking money is a state of mind, it's so true. And I see my situation with money just exploding. And I noticed that I look at the numbers and it says, okay, you know, I used to help 10 people a week and I was getting this kind of money. Now I'm helping 100 a week or 1,000 a week or 10,000 a week. And you see it grow and grow and grow. And when you think of the most wealthy people in the world, like Steve Jobs from Apple, uh, Bill Gates, who created Windows, these people transformed the world with what they created and brought out as a product or a service. And that's why they're at the top of the list as far as, as money. Now, some of the things that I know, if I'm going to transition here a little bit, people have a lot of misconceptions and flat out, they just have not brought the topic of what is money to their conscious mind. So, you know, I'll be out like in a public gathering or I'll be speaking to other people and I talk about, you know, having records of your money, budgeting, um, you know, tracking your, your, uh, your profits and your losses, knowing what your assets are, what your liabilities are. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I know about that stuff. And at the same degree, I'm like, well, you might know about that, but, you know, you just told me you're broke. So uh, if we could dive into a little bit, and I, I know this is really going to help people a lot, it, it's like the fundamentals. Anytime you enter an arena, whether it's, uh, you know, money, business, uh, seduction, pickup, whatever we're talking about, there's always some basic, basic fundamentals that if you master them, you're going to do very, very well, and that's what's going to take you from being new to the subject or whatever it is that you're doing to being world-class. So I wanted to ask you, Arash, what are some basic fundamentals when it came to money that when you educated yourself, it really opened the door for you to increase your income and really begin to understand money on a deeper level? That's a brilliant question. Uh, what a great podcast, really. I think that uh, one of the most important things I realized was money was the root of all the good that has happened on the planet. I mean, that was a fucking flip in my fucking head because I had not heard people say that before. And then I came across it, that it was the basis for production. I came across that the only way, now listen to this, the only way two free individuals who are truly sovereign in their life, meaning they, they rule their lives and they make the, 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 their life as they, as they wish, the only way they can actually interact with each other, which keeps it totally, completely ethical, is by the means of money. There's no other way to do it. Otherwise, they would have to force each other, or they'd have to lie to each other. But money allows two people, let's say you and I, you have a product I want, door-to-door -door sale, I bought that from you. And so, 
That's your product. You created it. You put a price on it. I looked at it. I said, this is something I can use in my life. Fantastic. Now, I'm a free individual. I work for my money. It's my money. I can do what I want to do with it. I approach you and I say, for what you've done, for your work, for the knowledge that you're putting out there, I'm willing to give this much of my money, which means I've worked and this is the representation of the work that I've done. You see, this is it. People paid me and I want to give you this. And you look at the dollar amount that I'm giving you, and you as a free individual, without me having to coerce you, without me having to plead with you or beg you or push you or anything, you look at it and you go, huh, that right there, if I accept that from you and I give you my product, I feel good about it too. And at that moment, two free individuals can exchange goods with each other. When I realized this, I started to respect money. I almost went and got a giant money tattoo very visible on my face. And I said, oh, kind of glad I didn't do it, actually. But I started to tell my staff members, money is the answer to all of your problems. And I know it's like, it's almost when you say it, it's, it's sacrilegious and it's blasphemy and it's so upsetting to hear someone say that only because the world is miseducated. Because the truth of the matter is, I remember we were in Los Angeles and I was walking down and I saw a homeless man with his child sitting there. And man, I was going to go to Trader Joe's right outside of Vince's house and this scene really affected me, really affected me. I remember I made an Instagram video of it, and I walked five steps, and I started tearing up. So I went back, and I gave the guy 50 bucks, and I said, um, for you and your child. Now, I thought he was using the child as a gimmick. I thought that. But then I thought, I don't give a shit. I don't. I want to give him this money. Then I went, and I was going to buy some food. And I realized they didn't have food out there. And I ha here I was, like, just kind of splurging. Like, oh, I'll just have some apple chips. Why not? You know, and I'll have a soda. And that's stupid. So I ended up buying him groceries, which I thought would last for about one week. And I came out, and I gave it to him. Now, he was obviously pretty moved. But what I'm saying here is this. The only reason I could do that is because I had the money to do that. That night... He, I gave him more than 50 bucks. Did I give him 100? Maybe give him 100. Whatever it was, it was enough for a hotel night, I remember. And uh, the money is what allowed him to have food for one week for his child and to have, I remember he told me, because he goes, yeah, I'm going to be able to stay in a hotel tonight. And it was the money. Now, how many people could walk by and tell him, just tell him, God bless you. Hey, man, hang in there. Hey, I feel for you. Hey, nice shirt. I don't care. I mean, anything they want to say would actually not improve that man and that child's condition, but my $150, whatever the fuck I spent, actually helped him. Now, if I was in a position to pick that man up and give him a job and say, look, here's a sign. You're already standing out here holding a sign that says, pay me, please. I'll give you a sign that says IMC Academy or Seductive Instinct. Stand there, $20 an hour. You're standing there. Now swing the sign. Now, I would be in a position to change his life because why? Not because I give him a compliment, not because I prayed for him, not I patted him on the back and told him things would be okay, because I had the way to pay him money. So when I realized this, it completely altered the way I looked at it, and not only that, it allowed me to make money without any apology, any apology. I said, this is what's needed when people get sick. This is what's needed when, you know, the only way to help uh you know, if you want to help children, is to provide them with the clothes they need and the education they need and the homes they need. 
And that's not going to happen because you're a nice guy or, you know, you compliment them or you clap for them and told them things are going to be okay. It's going to require the means of exchange, which is money. So I have a lot of those items in my mind, but I would say that that is number one or number two. Definitely, definitely in the top two is that money is the root of all good in your life. What do you got? Wow, that was a really touching story. And I hope everybody really heard that because that right there is an example of, of, of the power of it, right? And I love that he said the root of all good. And uh, k- kind of what I wanted to touch on a little bit is um, I was always told growing up that money was the root of all evil. And uh, even though it got burned into my brain, I still knew deep down inside there was something shaky or something off about that. I said, there's no way, because even being a a young kid and not really growing up with money, I said, okay, money's just paper. You know, like, I I really know there's there's a reason why they're they're telling me this. And I grew up in a very very religious family. My family, uh, especially my parents, are pretty devoted Catholics. And though I never bought into uh, religion personally, I, of course, went to church every Sunday and uh, I had no choice. And I remember being a, a boy, and I still remember this vividly. And, you know, uh, typically near the end of the service, I think it's like 10 minutes before, they pass out the donation plates. And I would look around, and what did you put in it? You put money in it. And I was just sitting there saying, okay, the same guy who just preached to me for 30 minutes that money is the root of all evil is now asking me to take that same evil, conniving, dirty object and put it in a bin so he can take it. Something's wrong here. Like, this doesn't make any sense. So what I formulated in my mind is it's, it's not money that's the root of all evil. It's, it's, it's if somebody's going to be evil, it's the person that has the money. Like, if they're going to take that money and then create some atom bomb and then destroy the planet, that, that's really where it comes in. The money itself is just, it is. It's a piece of paper. To me, money is, is an exchange. I put in my blood, sweat, and tears training my team, knocking on doors, making phone calls, delivering a service, and in return from that exchange, I got tens of thousands of dollars from certain transactions, for example. That, to me, is, is what money is. It's an exchange. And when I see money is the root of all evil, um, it requires a little bit of dissecting for you to get into it. And I think that, that statement right there, uh, pretty much the, the polar opposite of what Arash just said, is probably one of the biggest phrases out there regarding the topic of money that causes the most suffering in people. I still, to this day, hear people telling their children, you know, oh, you know, the rich people, you know, you got to be careful and this and that. And I'm just sitting there, like, grabbing my face saying, oh, my God, they're, they're ruining this child's mind. And there's so many false statements being thrown at there. So what I wanted to touch on next before we take uh, some questions, and again, guys, if you have any questions, uh, press star 2 on your phone, and it will raise your hand, and I can call on you when we're done. Uh, another thing that came to my mind, Arash, when you were giving us that story and kind of uh, that last piece was uh, the word responsibility uh, popped up in my mind, and I wanted to talk about that because I've noticed from my experience, and you can share as well, to the degree that I've been able to handle more responsibility in my life, even outside of money, is to that same degree as has been my income increasing. And I look at what I have now, right, what would be a challenge or what I have on my plate, like people say, P 
people that rely on me, uh, things I have to do, uh, responsibilities that I personally have to take care of, now, with my income significantly higher, is 10x of what I had before, you see? And I started realizing it's easy. It's easier to not have money because you have less on your plate. So when I had less income and I was just starting my business, I, I had maybe one or two worries in my mind. Now, you fast forward three, four years later, I have so much on my plate. I have so many people relying on me that I really understood what you said, that it's the root of all good because now I can provide all this good for the people that rely on me. And at the same time, it's like, wow, like I do, but I can handle this responsibility. That's why I'm in this position. Because for you to be in that position, like we always say, it starts on the inside. You have to be able to handle that responsibility. And only a few select individuals are going to do that. That's why you only see very few people who are rich, wealthy, and powerful. So I kind of wanted to hear your take, Arash. Is, I mean, maybe you agree with me. Maybe, uh, of course, for you, it's, it's way more. You have tremendous amounts of responsibility even compared to me. I just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on that kind of, you know, or do you experience yourself having way more responsibilities? And I wanted kind of to get your angle on it. Yeah, absolutely. And money and responsibility go together. Freedom and responsibility go together. Freedom and money goes together. Power and responsibility go together. Power and freedom go together. Power and money go together. These are all words that rely on each other, like time and space. I don't think you could separate these things. So responsibility, for example, we went to Las Vegas last couple of weeks ago. And at the end of the night, we went to a strip club, myself and let me see, there was one, two, three, four, five. Me and five other individuals went to the strip club. And when we arrived, I was in sweats. So they didn't let me in. So I said to the bouncer, here, some extra money. Maybe we can go in. He said no, which was surprising. He said, okay, let's go to another club. So we go to another club. They didn't let me in. I'm like, shit. And you got five people that are in tow with me. They're They're there. And so I looked right next door, and there was a store that sold clothes. So I went in, and I bought a pair of jeans, and we went in. Now, let's start right there. It may not sound like a big deal, but I actually had five people whose night was counting on me, and I was able to buy a pair of jeans. Then, as we were about to go in, I looked at them, and I knew there was different incomes, and I knew everybody was going to pay to get in. It was $40 to get in, and I paid for everybody, and nobody could believe it. Now, that's not because I'm so fucking cool. That's because I felt responsible for them. I looked at them and I said, okay, I can't afford this without it really injuring me. But I can tell that this $40 in the club would actually be something for them that if they spend now, it's going to be fucked up. Fine. And I'm not going to pay for one or two people to make them you know, look not as cool. I'll pay for everybody. Hey, my treat, everybody. Come on. So then we went inside. Okay, the $40 got us a few drinks. And then I started to look and what it looked like. Sure, I was hungry, so I got some food. But it's always awkward to eat when there's other people not eating. So I looked and it looked like I could tell. You know, I'm very good at reading people. and I could tell a few people were hungry. So I said, uh, anybody want any food? It's on me. We're celebrating. We're celebrating tonight, blah, blah, blah. So then I got food for two people. Then I got two and a half chances for people. By the time the goddamn night was over, I don't know how much fucking money I paid, but... Everybody had a great time. I wanted to do it. And not only that, I did it because I actually felt responsible for the people around me and their, their, um, their night and how it went. 
Now, I've been in the same situation before as a coach with very little money. And I've gone out and I've wanted to so bad give my student a good experience. I wanted them to, to feel what it's like to have fun, to be in a strip club and not be stressed out. And I couldn't do it. And at that moment, you have to come up with all kinds of excuses and reasons why it's okay. Money brings up your responsibility. This morning I saw my niece. I go to her um, daycare about three, four days a week. And every day that I go, I buy her something. I know I sound like a fucking millionaire. I'm not. But, you know, I know how to spend my money well. And so I buy her something. So today I bought her two things again, and I showed up. And when I see her face glow and light up, it just, it, I mean, it's too much for me. But she's in a daycare, so I start looking at the other kids, and their fucking uncles aren't showing up with gifts every day, and these kids have to see me every fucking day. So I asked the lady, I said, listen, I mean, I said, I don't want to be weird. Like, I don't want parents being like, wait, who bought you that? Some random stranger with fucking tattoos and comes in and gives toys. Sounds a little fucking creepy to me. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do here? So I asked him, I said, can I buy toys and bring it here? And everybody shares it and we put it here. They said, yes. So I was like, oh, fuck yeah. So I bought some toys and I bought it. And uh, obviously I should have looked a little bit better because there were choking hazards. So all those toys are in the back of my car right now. But this is taking responsibility for those children and their experience. Responsibility comes up when money comes up if you're a good person. I say this because there are people in the world that make money off of other people's misfortunes. Those are not good people, and that money being used is being used for evil ways. And in that case, that money sucks that it's in their hands. But it's not the money that's goddamn evil. It's the people that are doing it and their intentions. And so, what? okay, here, here's, here's what it is. Here's what it is. What money will do is it will amplify who you already are. If you're a greedy son of a bitch, you get money, you will be a bigger greedy son of a bitch. You're not going to suddenly become generous. I guarantee it. If you're a generous human being, kind and caring, I like to take care of people, when more money comes in, you will be more generous, kind and caring, and you'll be able to take care of more people. So money amplifies what's already there. I don't think money changes people. I think money makes what's there more visible. So someone's being totally nice to you and acting like they're so friendly and they get money and they're not friendly, they were never friendly. Okay? They were just trying to use you and be weird about it. All right? That's, that's who they were. Money allows you to do what you wanted to do anyways without worrying so much about it. So we get to see who the person is when they have some money in their hands. Are they generous? Are they cool? Are they uh, scum? That's it. Awesome, man. I love what you said about it amplifies who you are because in my case, uh, even when I didn't have money, I always considered myself to be a generous person. And, you know, I recently bought my parents uh, a vacation that they went on for two weeks. And I remember growing up thinking I wanted to do that, but I was like, man, it costs a couple thousand dollars. I can't do it. Like, that's too much money. And and that that's really, really powerful. I hope you guys all wrote that in your notes. Amplifies who you already are. That's really good. So, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to, because we're running short on time, I wanted to just give, leave people with one or two basic tips from me and Arash, and then next week we can continue on this topic because I know this has been highly requested, and it's something that if you guys, with our help, can crack the code, it's really going to take you to the next level. Now, one of the 
biggest issues I see, and I'll leave you guys with this tip, then I'll pass it to Arash, is people flat out will are just not living below their means. What do I mean by this? Maybe you're somebody who's starting out with a new job or a new career, and maybe you're starting to make money now. And the biggest flaw I see, especially with people who are just now starting to make a little bit more money or starting their career, is as their income goes up, their expenses go up right with it. So they're in the same spot. In order for you to grow, you will have to increase your income, but not increase your means. What I mean by that? There's a system that I follow, and I'm not going to share the whole thing right now, but I'm going to give you a number, and this is a number that I follow that has helped me, okay? For my daily expenses and everything that comes out of my pocket, my living costs, um, anything I spend on cars, insurance, I keep everything maximum. I'm under this number, but the max that I put it at was 55%. So if I make $10,000 in a month, just so we keep the numbers even, I will not exceed $5,500 in rent, expenses, cars, credit cards, whatever it is. That is the maximum that I'll put on it, right? And I'll share on the next podcast, I'm going to share with you guys a little bit more about my system, but you have to live below your means. And I see it everywhere. People make 3000 a month, they spend 2900 a month. They make 4000 a month, they spend 4200 a month. And it creates this cycle where you're stuck. Cool. Do you have anything to add, Arash? Yeah, that's great. There's a great formula over there. Uh, if you want to become wealthy, you have to uh, take a, a look at what I'm about to tell you, wherever you are right now. Now, it's one thing that I made money, but I've helped other people make money. I'm actually very good at it, and I like doing it. So one of the first things I tell them is you actually, believe it or not, have to learn to save. This is a skill. Saving is a skill, guys. Uh, you, you can't spend. If you want to be wealthy, you have to learn to save, okay? In the beginning, your 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 pockets have too many holes in them. If you count the number, if you're a woman, if you count the number of Starbucks or coffees that you have in one week or add that to two weeks to a whole month, you would be surprised how much money you spend. And if you're a guy, you'd be surprised how much stupid shit miscellaneous goes. You have to cut that out. You could literally save two, three, sometimes $400 a month on dumb shit like that. First thing you have to do is you have to take a look at where your money is going that doesn't need to go, put some discipline in, and save more. You have to learn to do this because, uh, you know, it, it was I had, a, I had a problem with this idea for a while because I like the idea of creating more, more and more and more. And I don't even like the word save. I kind of resisted the word save until I studied enough high-level millionaires that I understood that that's part of it. In order to have money, you have to save money. You invest it, and you also have to save it. And so I think you have to get good at it as a first step of going, all right, how much, let me give an example. How much are you saving this week? You see, you should be able to answer that. Or how much did you save last week? Because that's the only way your wealth adds to itself besides investing. Investing is also part of it. But when I first started, there was nothing I could invest in because putting aside $5 a week does not give you much. Maybe it does. I just didn't know how to do it. So you save for a while. You learn how to save. You start liking having money. Instead of being broke, you start going, okay, the month is over, and now I have $700 in my account. You know, I say that because somebody that I helped, you know, when I asked her how much money she had on her account, she had $600. She has well over $40,000 right now. 
and another one of my girlfriends at the time, we were no longer together, but um, she was sitting next to me, I remember here actually exactly where I'm walking, and, um, you know, she was complaining about not having money, and she was working for me, and I was like, well, how the fuck could you work for me and be broke? I mean, I don't even understand that. So I started doing her, her expenses, and yeah, sure enough, loose, I mean, everywhere, sending money everywhere, and I said, I need to see your account, so she had at that time $12.63 in her account. And in her wallet, she had around $7. So this woman had around $19 to her name at that time. About seven months later, no, no, it was more than that. About a year later, she had $12,000 in her account, and she would carry $200 in her wallet all the time. Well, we're no longer together. We broke up, and that's what I heard. Uh, she's broke and prostituting herself. So congratulations to you, uh, young lady. And uh, learn how to save your money. Enjoy saving it every week. Then when you get to a point, right now I ask myself, how much did I invest this week? How much did I save? How much did I invest? I enjoy, I enjoy saving and investing money. It's part of the joy of making money right now for me. You know, a lot of people enjoy spending money, right? That's why they're broke. <laughs> I enjoy saving and spending, I, mean, I enjoy saving and investing money, and that's why I'm no longer broke. You see that? So I've just changed my values. I like having money. I like being able to go and not look at a menu. I like being able to just treat my friends. And I, yeah, I spend well, but I spend it on experiences that I like. Watching my niece get happy, watching my students get happy, Myself, I don't really need anything anymore, uh, but whatever. Every once in a while, I buy a pair of shoes for myself because I like colorful shoes. So save and invest. That's it. Awesome. I love saving money. I enjoy saving money. Wow. If you guys were to ever repeat something to yourself, that would be the phrase, and watch how your life is going to change. All right, we'll open up the questions. If you guys have any questions, star two. And if we don't get any questions, we'll wrap up the recording, and we'll continue this topic next week. I know you guys really have been wanting to hear about money, and we're going to get deeper and deeper into this thing. So if you have any questions, press star two. If not, we'll, we'll end the call. Okay, we have a couple questions. Cool. Let's see here. Caller from Texas. Who do we have on the line? Jason. Jason, what's up, man? What's your question? Yeah, my question is, I know when it comes to money, you know, it's a form of energy, and it seems like somehow, one way or another, that universe, you know, always brings it back to you if you deserve it, if you did something that, you know, um, deserving of money. And, however, I don't have my own product to give value like I want to, but just like Arash explained how he felt responsible for the people who went to the club with him, when we were in Vegas, I felt responsible for the two guys that were staying with me. They had bad money situations, so I paid for all the Ubers and everything. And I was wondering, like, when you do things like this, when you take responsibility or use money in a responsible way, whether you have it or not, like whether it's a good um, idea or not, does that come back? Like, it, does that work in your favor as far as making more money in the future? Okay, I'll I'll touch on it first, and I'll pass it to Arash. 
Um, I'll speak to you from my experience, Jason, and I remember a lot of moments where um, it, it pained me to, you know, pay for somebody else or invest with a mentor or something like that, and I knew that was like the last kind of pennies I had in my bank, but every single time that I did it, something good came out of it. Now, if that's your last $5 before you get kicked out and you can't pay your rent, you might not want to do it, but from my experience, um, you know, helping people like that, extending your hand, has been beneficial to me. I, I, I'm really trying to think right now of a time that maybe I helped somebody in that situation like you were in, or I made, uh, I helped somebody out, or I made an investment, and, and it really came back to bite me. I, I really can't think of one. I just think that at the same time, if you're at a position where your bank account is getting super low, that you should do it within your means and not put yourself out on the street because by doing that, then now you're not going to be able to be responsible for those people in the first place. Arash? Yeah, it's an interesting question because, uh, you know, if you were in the beginning of this call, I said I'm in a new, I'm in a new dimension. I'm in a new country exploring. And this country seems to be more fertile than the other countries I was in. So let's say America, when they first came to America, it's a huge, enormous land. I mean, America as a, as a fucking, Jesus, as a country, just takes my breath away. If you imagine it from California all the way to New York, like, what the fuck is this thing? You know what I mean? As a country, it's not a country. It's like 60, 80, 90 countries, 1,000 countries. I don't know how many fucking countries. It's so versatile. And I can imagine coming from, like, let's say, Kuwait. I lived in Kuwait before, which is smaller than California. <laughs> it's a country. It's tiny. Probably like the size of my city here. And uh, imagine exploring from one place to the other. Different rules, different dimensions. To explore California, different tools are needed. So, based on that, let me tell you, I understand what you're saying, which is, you do good, it comes back to you. Okay? Now, we have to analyze this a little bit more. Okay? We have to analyze it a little bit more. Because, Let's say you're you're drowning, you're in the middle of the ocean, and you look next to you, and two people are drowning too. And you think to yourself, you know, if I lend a hand to them, they won't drown, but they'll drown in ten minutes. <laughs> they'll drown in twenty in thirty minutes. But at least they'll live another thirty minutes. But if you looked further, you would see that the energy you spend helping them, you could have actually got yourself to shore. And maybe you could have saved them. If not them, you would have saved other people. Or they needed to learn how to swim, but nobody ever told them, paddle your fucking feet. Otherwise, how can I get to the shore and you can't, dude? You're, you're just like me. And so I would say before, and this is new to you, before you get into that esoteric, energy version of money, first learn the common sense, the thing that 2 plus 2 equals 4, 4 minus 3 equals 1, now you have 1. And if you want to make money and have money, you will do more 2 plus 2s and less minus 3s. That's the only way. Otherwise, what's happening is you are hoping, right, you're hoping because if you knew 100%, if you knew 100% with total certainty right now, 
that by you doing that, it would have returned to you, then you wouldn't have asked the question. That, that's just what it is. You'd be like, no, of course. Of course. I did good and it's coming back to me, so why would I ask this question? So by virtue of asking the question, there's an uncertainty, which should be there because there's no proof. We hope that's what it is. We think that's what it is. But I can prove to you without a doubt, without a doubt, that if you have $40 and you don't spend it and you add $10, you have $50. Without a doubt, I can guarantee you this will happen. So I'm telling you, if you guys want to be successful at a different level and watch me, just keep watching, it's already happening. It's just people will have a hard time seeing it at first. It's like always the same, same story of my life. But in a short amount of time, you go, what the fuck's happening with this guy? No, guys, it's already happening. Watch the new video blogs. You'll, you'll, you'll feel the energy is different. So what you need to do if you want to be extremely successful is respect the observable fact first. The observable fact that all of us can agree is if you have money and you spend it, you have less. If you have money and you add to it, you have more. So if you're calling me saying, was it right to do that or not, from a moral judgment or an ethical judgment, you can decide that, whether it was right or right. So that wouldn't be a question to ask. You have to make that decision based on your own ethics. And I can't answer it, Brian can't answer it, and God can't answer it. That's you. But if you're asking me from, I would like to have more money in my life and be wealthier. Was it the right action? The answer is no. Because mathematically, you subtract it, not add it. However, I also subtracted two when I went to the strip club. I even bought you a drink, I remember, when we were out uh, later, another day. I bought you a, you don't drink alcohol, I remember. So you got something else that stuck out in my mind. So, of course, I subtracted also. But what did I subtract from? You know, was it, are we taking $4 or are we taking number four and subtract three and we're left with one? Are we taking 4,000, subtract 3, left with 3,997, knowing that in 24 hours it'll be 4 again? So you have to, if you want to do well with money or women or your mind, which is all the secrets are coming from the mind to me, then you must first take the observable fact and respect that first. Once you master that, then the next level will become obvious, just like any basketball player will tell you any seduction artist at this level will tell you, any musician, any painter. First, you master what is already available and there. Don't go esoteric until you got what you can see with your eyeballs and hear with your ears and touch with your hands. Science. When you can do the science perfectly, then you go from the physics to quantum physics. But they would never know quantum physics until they found physics and applied the laws of physics and kept looking and looking and looking, and they created a microscope, then another one, then another one. They were like, holy shit, the lower you go an atom, now we got new laws. Maybe I said too much, but I think it's important. If you want to be wealthy and rich, add to your money, okay, not subtract as much as you can every single month, and uh, that, that's the way you should do it. Awesome. Well, there you go, uh, Jason. Pretty clear answer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, guys, what I'm going to do, because of time constraint, I'm going to end the podcast now. If we didn't get to your question, be the first one on uh, next week, 515 Pacific Standard Time, and we'll make sure we get you guys on the next one. 
Um, so, Arash, if you don't have anything else to add, we'll end it, and I'll see you next week. Okay, great. Yeah, let's talk next week. All right, see you guys. The conference is now completed. Goodbye.